Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Hey, since it's the holiday week, we decided to give you a gift, and it's a big one. We're looking back at our interview with Brandon Steiner. Brandon revolutionized the sports memorabilia business, and many know him as the man who sold Yankee Stadium piece by piece. Recently, Brandon launched Collectible Exchange, an online platform that helps fans buy, sell, and get their memorabilia appraised. I'm telling you, this guy is a class act, and this is a class show, and you're going to love to listen to this interview that we did more than a year ago. But the conversation is still great. In fact, he'll tell you why you got to have balls to be in business. So welcome to All Business, Brandon Steiner. So what's it like to buy a stadium, not like not like you bought a baseball or bat, which you do all those things too, right? But what's it like when you bought a stadium? Well, when you buy you know something like Yankee Stadium, especially yeah, which yeah, is Yankee the most, Stadium, the most it's not popular like, stadium on the planet. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm grateful. First of all, gratefulness. Yeah, um, grateful, and, and also you know my first thing was responsibility accountability. I know it was like exciting. It was a, it was a huge purchase. Yeah, how much it was? 93, 98 I mean, million. How much was it? it? It cost me a little less than 20 million. Oh, 20. Oh, see, look, I I know you, so I keep adding zeros to it. But that's before, yeah. I mean, listen, and and that is before you really get into the nooks and crannies of right. having to sell. I mean, that's where you got to lay out a kind of a front. Right. But, you know, I'm grateful. I mean, I'm grateful I was able to partner up with the Yankees to to take a stadium like that apart the way I wanted to. Yeah. And the responsibility I felt was personal because I'm a huge Yankee fan. I respect that stadium and the brand and the fans and immensely. And I wanted to do it right, not just do a money you, grab. But you've you know, never just, done anything like that before. No, I mean, no, I mean not I mean, anything like that. Like I mean, that. I've taken some stadiums apart since now that yeah. people know me to do that. And I and I was able to go do this thing in hundreds of thousands of pieces. Yeah. So I've done, you know, uh, the Dallas Cowboys Stadium, uh, the Giants Stadium, the yeah. Garden. I've done a bunch. But this was... <laughs> Not only a huge project, but I know how important it was to people because there's so much history in that oh, stadium. It's historic. I mean, yeah. it's just. Uh, I mean, I mean, you still go there today in the new stadium. You go look over where the old stadium is, and it's still a ballpark, right? So it's it's kind of cool. Like everybody goes as soon as you go to the new stadium, everybody points to the old stadium and goes, "That's where the old stadium used to be." There's no question. Yeah. And it's, it was special. I mean, it was a special place and a lot of memories and a lot of greatness. And uh, you can't discount it. You can't ignore it. Which is exactly what I didn't do. Yeah. Uh, which unfortunately, you get into these labors, of, you know, this, this love affair with projects, and um, you, sometimes you have to do things for the greater good, and that was one of them. I, I think it was. But it was profitable too. It was it? profitable, but yeah. not greatly. But yeah. you know, if, when you add it all up, you know, that was just one of those once in a lifetime opportunities. Would you do it again? Yes. Yeah, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Wouldn't, he, wouldn't even hesitate. Yeah, because that's what it's all about. I mean, yeah. Yankee Stadium, the brand, uh, the partnership that I had with the Yankees to even, you know, just getting side by side with them and the players that were involved. You know, Reggie Jackson's calling you up with, with collectible ideas with the stadium. Well, what was his you, – you and I have you and I get together. Of course, I love your your book that's out. It's got You Gotta Have Balls, which is awesome. You know, a kid from Brooklyn. Talks really a little made. bit about – yeah, th- talks yeah. a little bit about the breaking up the stadium. Like Reggie yeah. McCoy, what's going on with the black? I'm like, what? what what's yeah, what's, yeah. In the outfield, we'll rip that up and we'll sign that. We'll put well, what's pieces. the black? See, because I'm not the a black sports guy. The black is the you know outfield where Reggie hit all those home yeah. runs. And it was the dark for the batter's eye that would keep it black. It was uh, really 
concrete painted black. Yeah. But he was signed in this white marker. It was really cool. So you chopped that up. Chopped it up and frame it up with one of his balls, or we chop it up with one of his photos. And Reggie Jackson was known for that black, but he had a lot of home runs out there. Yeah. But, you know, we, we took the foul pole and cut it up into hundreds of pieces, even though Johnny Damon was going to buy the foul pole. And then you have Derek Jeter with his locker. What's going to happen with that? Then you took the carpet, you know, in the uh, locker room, and you made uh, mats for the doormat or yeah. for the car, yeah. the Yankee Stadium locker room carpet. The speakers were, were kind of cool around the stadium. You have our Yankee Stadium speaker. Well, I got some seats. Thank you very much. The seats were, seats were big. Yeah. The dirt was big, you know, the grass. We took the grass. We lifted Real the, grass. The last, well, not the one you smoke, but the, uh, <laughs> the, the grass you lift. Yeah, I, I, think, I still think the grass you lift is probably out of Yankee Stadium yeah. is, is actually better profit than the other grass. That's it is better is. profit. And, and in some cases, it got people out higher because yeah. <laughs> it was it reminded you of such a, a monumental moment, which is the last game ever. And we, we took it, we freeze dried it. And we were selling that for like $99 uh, for a little swatch of grass with some dirt. But, um, you know, Yankee Stadium were, were you like, like, was special. Uh, like, whatever it is, you just stick it in a warehouse. We're going to figure out how to sell it. Kind well, of I, I spent a lot of time walking that stadium. Like, you know, uh, I, I talk about the bricks, you know. Like, yeah. uh, they had the Monument Park bricks. There were 9,000 of them. And they were going to demolish them. I said, I'll take those. And we sold those for 199 a brick. Mm. But really, I was looking for the sexy bricks. You know, uh, the sexy brick, which actually these right here. Yeah, he's, cold, showing, he's showing us some. Uh, cold brick. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. Those bricks from 1929. That's yeah. what I call a sexy brick. Yeah. Probably cost pennies. We were selling those for like 350 bucks, And I found those on the last day before they were really going at the stadium. They were in the uh, batting cage, the Yankee batting cage, where they be underneath the uh, stands, they were in the roof. Yeah. So it actually cost me some money to have those removed, but there were 4,500 of those. And people went crazy for those. So when you're thinking about tearing something down, were you like freaking out that people could walk off the construction site with stuff? I mean, no, it's all, you, you didn't because care. they had to sign off and yeah. there'd be serious uh, and they were, penalties. And they were doing their job. Guys were doing their yeah. job. Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, they did a nice job demolishing it and everything else, but there were very serious uh, provisions about walking off with a sign. Just remember, we sold every sign yeah. that were hanging in the stadium, an exit sign, a, a, a seat sign, a bathroom sign. The only thing we didn't sell were the urinals. They didn't want me to sell those. Why? Um, but you know the Boston fans wanted them, and, you know, and, and it, it became a little. It became it became kind of controversial. Like, oh, to some I can. Degree. It was. Yeah. Was that the only we, thing that was? I was off kind of bummed. That was like the main thing. That yeah, was off that would have been cool. I would have. Yeah. I would have bought a Yankee Stadium urinal. Yeah, that yeah. was cool. And uh, I mean, it was. I, I was really. I was kind of bummed. You know what? It was a sleeper too. Was but I was on this. Was was the turnstiles because? Oh yeah. I knew we were getting to the point where turnstiles would be a real collectible. Oh sure. Because nobody has tickets anymore, let alone a turnstile. Yeah. Why would you have a turnstile? Right. So, like, if you think about it, you don't see turnstiles anymore, but where did you ever go to any event without a turnstile? Right. So, you know, those were good. There were like 80 of those or, or 60 of those. And we got really good money on those. And I, I kind of upsold the fact that you'll never see these turnstiles kind of thing again. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You get to put that in your in your yeah. den or you put it somewhere in your garage or wherever, you, your man cave, whatever. It was, it, was a, it was a great slice of life for me just to do a project like that. Uh, it, was, it was a huge project in regards to not only just selling the stuff. It's a lot of people like, man, you'd sell anything. I mean, yeah. I am a white version of Sanford and Son, but... I do take the stuff, yeah. you know, there's a class and a certain way to do these things. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's important when I when I take upon a project like that, it's done with some class and well, some, I, some I would use the elegance. word about you, you know, Brandon, you and I have known each other through people for many years. And yeah. this year we've gotten a lot, a lot closer and it was like an instant uh, bromance, right, yeah. in terms of that. I, I would use the word that you have a reverence. 
you have a reverence. You know what mm. I mean? A yeah, respect. Thank you, yeah. No, it's it's yeah. it's a respect. You first of all, you got you know great manners, the whole bit. You know all those kind of things. So you've always you know it's like you come at it with respect. But but when I listen to you talk about what you do. And, and by the way, you came from the hospitality industry. You came from the restaurant business, which is it's kind about of, serving people yeah. and, and trying to get them what ultimately they want, what's going to get them jacked up and wowed. But, you know? but also with that reverence, you also see the value in it. That's, that's what I like about it, right? There's got, money. Yeah, it's got it. So you got it. If you don't have the reverence, it, it devalues the property, so to speak. Yeah. What was the biggest thing that you kind of learned in that experience? I mean, that was like, oh, this is bad. Or well, I didn't see it coming, man, and it hit me. And we all have those, right? Oh, there's no question. I'm leading the league in them. But um, yeah. I mean, I just, I'm not, you know, really, we don't have that much time to go over all the screw ups. But first of all, government, you know, I don't want to yeah. go on a tangent, but, you know, the city was involved in this. And, you know, dealing with government and politics, you can't, I understand why people get involved a little bit because it's inevitable when you run into people. Because you get ticked you, off. You yeah. got to have friends. Yeah. So, you know, oh, remember the, what people don't realize the city owned that stadium. But I think the biggest screw up on my part, when I go into the stadium, and if you think about Yankee Stadium, on the top is that freeze. Yeah. That beautiful facade that, on that the top. Iron, it was steel. It was yeah. steel. Probably steel. Oh, well, oh it, was, it was steel. And yeah. it was heavy and it was big and it was expensive to take down. And my immediate thought was, I got to have that. Like, that's, that's, that's Yankee Stadium. What I didn't realize is, I think there were like 15 pieces that weighed about two or three tons each. <laughs> and they were 18 feet long and 12 feet tall. And like, if you bring that home, that, that could be grounds for divorce. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like the time I shot a buffalo, a, a bison buffalo. And I'm, I'm going to have the head mounted. And my wife says, yeah, it's going to look great in your new apartment. Right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That kind of deal, right? And, and you know, I, I just didn't think it all the way through because <laughs> I let my heart, my excitement about what that meant uh, get ahead of the reality of yep. it all, which was like nobody could take that home. They would take up your whole backyard. And it wasn't easy to move around. It was expensive to get. That was probably the big, one of the bigger screw-ups. The other screw-up was, you know, I took. What would you end up doing with it? I mean, you melt it down. Well, we I mean, donated a bunch. We melted some of it down and made these little mi- miniature, you know, uh, stadium replicas. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we gave some of it away. Uh, you know, it was just it was it was difficult. So uh, we one? sold a few. No, uh, no, no. But we're, I mean, I want to stay married. Yeah. Um, so you know, we didn't do that. Although my wife's probably had. Do you have it a with, graveyard, by the way, of stuff like um, that? No, but my wife. No, but my wife's like you know could could use to get rid of all the stuff out of the house. She's not a, a big collector, which is a problem. I don't know. You get married. You, I forgot to ask her that question. Yeah, honey, probably. do you collect? But uh, no, that was. Is your but, house filled with it? I've, you know, I have my rooms the that rooms. I'm allowed. Yeah. I have certain rooms I'm allowed, which is more than the average bear is allowed to get. Yeah. So and yeah, I, I got for obvious just, reasons. It's yeah. Filled from top to bottom. It's not top to bottom though. There, there are rooms. I mean, yeah. there, there are definitely areas where I'm not allowed to go and touch. Yeah. Well, and, me too. I got the same thing. Yeah. I'm a Native American uh, collector and oh, a, lot nice. of, a lot of things. A lot of, but I also have like ivory tusk. I have all kinds of different things. So like you're that. a saver, also. Yeah. I I do it for the, but it's mostly tied to a historic reason, like the reverence of it. Do you yeah. understand what this piece is? Do you you get what this is? You know that kind of thing. But I'm only allowed that. Yeah, that room. That's it. I just have yeah. a lot of memories that. Yeah. Think, and to be honest with you, I think you can love what you do and serve people and make a shitload of money too. Yeah. Like I think people get caught up with having you know this love for something. And then they get kind of a nervous about the fact that they can profit from it too. Can, and I and I feel like I've been able to do that. Can you? Is there is there a um, a piece that you have or pieces that you have that there's no way? I mean, you say you know like like I'm I say everything's for sale. All right, at some point, just Me the too. price, right? Okay. Yeah. Is there some piece though you would know they're going to pry it out of my hands? It's the last thing I will ever let go. Um, I've been thinking a lot about that because I've been trying to get my arms around my, what the different collectibles I have. This is certainly the first autograph, the real autograph 
when I was like 14, I got Thurman Munson's autograph and I was in an elevator with him. So that's a piece I really don't want to give up. Um, I have a ticket. Uh, you know, remember when you got tickets? Now yeah. you don't get tickets anymore. But when you got tickets, the ticket taker would rip the ticket and put it in this box. Yeah. So I have one of those boxes and it's filled with all my tickets since I'm a kid. Oh, wow. And I, I go to probably 80, 90 events a year. Maybe no, you go more, to a lot of a games. A lot of games. Yeah. And that, that box is very filled with a lot of memories. Like, that's that needs to... There's so many memories of so many winning games and World Series. Can you almost games. like pull out every ticket? Oh probably? yeah, yeah. Say, hey, and man. I'm not proud of that, by the way. I mean, that, why? That, would, that, why? It's just way, way too much information to fill up this small little brain that I got. Like I think that's special. Um, I mean, but it, it's spe- that, what do you got, man? It's special for me because you know I made a lifetime commitment in doing something that I love, which was going to games. Yeah. And I found a way to make a living off of it, and then I got went a little further on it. But I, I there were just so many firsts of even taking clients to their first game or all a bunch of games with my kids and, you know, games I took my kid out of school and, you know, he played hooky and all that and just crazy. Yeah, but go- going to a game with you ain't like going on a regular game, all right? Let's be clear. I mean, when I go to a game with you, we're sitting down yeah. right behind right behind the dugout. I want it to be special. Yeah, it and, is special. And, 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 and still special for me. It, I was going to ask years, you that question. It's still special. Yeah. It's a responsibility because as you're there, the wheels are spinning. So when I go out of town, I like to go out of town games a lot because I can kind of get a fresh perspective, and sometimes it's not a money grab for me. Because to be honest with you, if I'm at a game that matters to me, either my players are there or if I have a relationship with the team, I'm in a money grab mode, and it conflicts with the fun part of just being a fan and easy yeah. going. Yeah. So I'm in the money grab, and I've got a responsibility to try to remember what I'm seeing. Wow, i got to grab that, or i got to do that. i got to follow up with that player. I see a new sponsor. Yeah. I'm trying to put all that together. Well, but you and but you know, it's fun to watch you because we are a lot alike that way. Yeah. We know what we're supposed yeah. to do, but we're also on, and yet we're behind the scenes. Like you got a guy to take our picture. I know what you were doing. I was watching that. That's special, right? And little things like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, yeah. besides us doing our selfies, the, those kind of things. You know, you had a real professional really do it well and send us the picture. I mean, I was like, that's cool, right? The guy in the camera pit. I mean, you can't yeah. ask for more. I mean, yeah. and he used to when, before the net was there, like the third base coach would come over, give us some gum, some sunflower yeah. seeds. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the stuff that I love. Like when the guy comes to third base because he got a triple and he starts, you know, phoning over to us yeah. and yeah. talking. Yeah. Because they change pictures. That would blow the clients away. Like, you know, that's the stuff that, like, you know, you're talking to David Ortiz on third base and asking what he's doing after the game. Like, yeah. And the whole section's like, who is that guy? Well, but it's also, you're, you're, are you, are you like Mr. Yankee? I mean, I know you do all these other sports, but the reason I am, I, yeah. The reason yeah. you said, I mean, I, I am, but I'm really not. I mean, I'm, I'm but, I, but you walk through the stadium, everybody knows you. Well, that's a big, a big part of my business, but it's also, I'm, I'm involved in a lot of other teams and players. Though. Yeah. Not that I'm as popular in those arenas as I am maybe in Yankee Stadium. So that's because you know, well, it's the, the gem of all gem is Yankees. I mean, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but and but, it's the neighborhood. Yeah, I mean, it's the neighborhood, right? I mean, when New you York think, is always. My mother is always like, listen, there's New York and there's everything else. So <laughs> now she could have pushed that a little less hard because I did take that more seriously. But she's like, you know, all you, all that matters is New York. She was just a typical New York, like, what's yeah. going on outside New York? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. There's the only nothing thing that matters is going on in these boroughs. This is everything. You got every kind of person, every kind of people, every kind of team. Everything you don't you need, need to do know. anything outside New York. That was her way of making sure I didn't leave New York, you know, in case I was thinking of moving out. But did you ever think of moving out? I, th- I think about it every I mean, now and then, but you I'm had such a, you had a New York. I mean, you worked at yeah. Hyatt, you worked at Hard Rock Cafe, right? 
Yeah, I mean, Hard Rock was here in New York. Hyatt was up in Baltimore. You know, I went to Syracuse. I've had some touches outside of New York, and I'm not afraid of outside New York. Like When I went to Syracuse, my friends wanted to know if I was okay. Why would I go to Syracuse? What could possibly be going on with those bumpkins up there? Yeah, you got to wear orange, man. Not only am I going to Syracuse, I'm never coming back here. See this face? I'm gone. I'm not going back to Brooklyn. And I love Brooklyn, but... You know, I, I love parts of the country, but it's hard. You got the New York thing going. It's you know, it's very tough to get that out of your blood, man. It's tough. Well, it's tough. you know, and I'm a, you know, a Dakota boy. Yeah. You know, but I love New York. You've adjusted well. Oh, you know, I have. <laughs> but, well, but you know, it's, I it, wouldn't, I wouldn't think of you as Dakota. When you told yeah. me that, I was shocked. Yeah, and most people are because shocked. I'm doing business. I mean, I'm a business. You're a, a more traditional New Yorker than I've seen most New Yorkers. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. I, I give that that because yeah. I'm rough and tumble. I love that. I love it. The more yeah, you got the, the more we get into it, and the, yeah. the big heart. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, a lot of people don't know that's about New York. That that side of New York, I you know, they everybody used to have the opinion that we were the the folks in New York were rude and uh, didn't care. No, we just mind our own business. Just get out of my way. You're you're on the sidewalk. Move. It's a little crowded. <laughs> yeah, it's a little crowded. It's a little, a little crowded. crowded. So you talk about your mom. I want to yeah. hear. Do you think more after your mom or your dad? Well, you know, my dad, I lost, you know, she, they divorced at four and he oh, passed okay. away when I was 11. So really, dad wasn't much in the picture. My mom always said, you know, she's my mom and dad. My Did mother, she remarry? No. Okay. And, uh, you know, there was too much dysfunction. She had so many issues. But great mother. Yeah. That was her favorite line, you got to have balls. Yeah. Oh, so really? she was always, you got to have balls. And, we, you and know, she we wasn't were, talking about baseball. She was talking about moxie. Yeah, yeah. moxie, grit, yeah. you know, don't give up, think yeah. big, go yeah. all the way. You know, there were no boundaries in her mindset and her game. And she would always bring it up. Like we would always, even as an eight, nine, seven year old, we would go mm-hmm. into storage and she would point out to me how this was bull and how yeah. this was weak and how the service wasn't right or how somebody should have gone further. I mean, she was a woman basically in the 60s, when, and women were not business owners. Yeah. She was in the auto parts business. She was owned a salon. She was a travel agency. And then eventually she went to being, being a headhunter. She was an entrepreneur all yeah. the way, and she didn't take any crap from anybody. I yeah. mean, she was a, a different kind of woman, um, you know, way before the time's up. I mean, yeah. she was time was up on, yeah. with a lot of men on my block, yeah. you know, as far as if they gave us any kind of crap and got out of line because they thought they could. My mother was like, you know. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have you removed from this lifetime. So quickly. I see, I see <laughs> traits already. So. But what do you see? What do you see when you say, "Hey, I take this from my mom." Like the other day, I got to tell you, yesterday, I'm walking. I was in a uh, little barbecue. I went into the restroom and I looked in the mirror as I was walking to the, you know, to relieve myself. So I'll just put it as nice as I can. And I saw, I, I saw my dad. It was me, but wow. it was my dad. You know what I mean? And I so think with what me, is it you take? Well, yeah. you know, my mother was was a really smart businesswoman. Probably should have gone to college. So, you know, I, I, I you know, that was if that she was an amazing speaker. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I do speak well, and and she taught me how to public speak in an early age. But she also had a big heart. She was a tremendous giver, even at a time when we had so little. Yeah. I'd wake up, there'd be a stranger in our living room, but she saw him on the corner. It was cold out. She gave the boys on the corner the keys to her car because she didn't want them standing out there in the cold. Uh, she would always take a dollar out of her pocket and give to somebody that was, you know, begging or poor, mm-hmm. even though we didn't have any money, broke yeah. on welfare at that time. I went in there one time and took the dollar right out of the hat. And my mother was like, whoa, what are you doing? I said, we can't afford to give that man a dollar. She said, why don't you think that? I said, because money's tight. We're going shopping. We need this yeah. money. And she said, you know, you don't give. She was, I said, she said, well, why do you think that this man doesn't ever die? I said, we can go work. He says, you know something? Leave the judging for the man upstairs. Give to give, and we can always give a little bit. Mm-hmm. No matter how little you have, you can always give a little bit. 
And I think I've learned a lot of that from her. The business savvy is more about out of the box. It's mm. not follow a traditional route to anything. Is a is a you know following a traditional route to most things will lead you usually to mediocrity. Follow a route from your heart, your head, the vision you have, and don't be afraid to do that. Yeah. And um, I think that she gave me a lot of confidence in that, and also the resilience. She would never let up, and I've got that resilience from her all the time yeah, to that's, not that's let that's up. Pretty insightful. Yeah. C Suite Radio. Uh, recently, John McCain, Senator McCain just died, yeah. and there was a great quote that I saw in Business Insider that said, your happiness will lie within your character, your happiness or your unhappiness, and character and character alone will determine it. And that's kind of what she's saying there, too. That's kind of a very insightful thing, right? Yeah, I mean, my, my mother was a very uh, – uh, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't have seen it coming, she was, mm-hmm. and she was a server. You know, she understood that, you know, selling was serving. Not you know making a quick buck. If you had a relationship, you understood where somebody was coming from, and understood their ups downs. Um, you know, I, I still walk into a room. My mother was one of the first color specialists back in the '60s. She that's that was her part in the salon. Mm-hmm. So whenever we'd walk in a room, she would see somebody's roots weren't good. Somebody needed new color, yeah. new hair. You know, and immediately like, and I was like, she's like, instead of saying you need this, you need that, let me help you. Mm-hmm. Let me get you right. Oh, well, I don't know what to do. Well, here's, you know, and she was always insightful to try to give people the positive uh, direction. Was she negative? Didn't sound like she was ever really negative. But Pretty, she-, she was a great problem solver. The, the problem with my mom was, it was you know, she, she struggled, you know, being a single mother, three boys, nice and stuff. she had a, a huge weight problem. But So, you know, I always have a, 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 a focus on health and nutrition. In my new book, there's a whole section of, you know, faith, fitness, and fortune, a big part about uh, fitness, which is, so important to success, and it's something my mother really struggled to overcome was 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 the eating problem that she had. So you see, uh, there's two a couple of things. One is you know I get invited. You invite me all the time to go to things, and I thank you very much for that. Thank um, you for inviting me to C Suite stuff. I love that stuff absolutely. too. Absolutely, it's the name of the game. That's what you do, and yeah, I do. So that's what we it. do. We help you. You help me. I help you. It's yeah. that's the way it works, folks. If you're not if you're not if you don't get that from this alone, the more you give, the more you get. You give, give, get. You get, get, get. And That's, the give is the joy. Yeah, not, well, not, not happiness, the joy. But you don't have to look for something out of it either, right? I mean, yeah, it's the, the joy. I yeah. mean, I, I try to do two acts of kindness every day, Jeff. Yeah. Every day I start the day, I try to do two things for two people that aren't expecting it. Even if it's a small thank you, a gift, a check. Yeah. And usually a couple hours later, I get the two thank you notes. Awesome. It's the best part yeah. of my day. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. just and I've decided that about 15 years ago. I've been doing this a long time, like to send out those two things. Now at Steiner, we have a lot of stuff here. Yeah. Easy for me to send out, but I send out a book, yeah. a note, a card, a yeah. ball. Yeah. And people are just shocked. Like, why'd you send me this? I yeah. said, just I don't know. You seem like you need a little pick me up, so I want to send you that. Uh, that's awesome. But uh, it's just, it's probably better the best thing I do. But as part as part of that, you invite me to come to a lot of different functions, a lot of things here in the office. And like one day, hey, Jeff, uh, Joe's stopping by on Thursday. Why don't you come down? I'm like, Joe who? Joe who? And it's Joe Montana, right? Or whoever. Yeah. Do you ever get jaded by all that? I mean, the people that you meet that you – I mean, these are superstars. I mean, you're dealing with superstars every single day. Do you get jaded by that? I don't. I mean, I think one of the reasons I've been in business 30 years at Steiner is because I keep my feet on the ground about it. And I realize that I can't throw the football 40 yards. I can't hit a home run. You know, I can't pitch 90 miles an hour. So I have to realize I'm a business person, not an athlete, not a celebrity. Did you, were you, did you do stuff when you were uh, a kid? I played it on a media, mediocre level. You know, yeah. I competed, but nothing well, like. Baseball or what? 
I played mostly basketball, played you, a little you football. I'll do respect. Yeah, okay. five seven, yeah. white. You know. I'm, I'm not trying to make. And fun. I'm still you playing. Know. I still yeah. play, by the way. Yeah. yeah. But but you know, I realized. I mean, my mother sat me down. She said, "You're five seven. You're white." And I just went and talked to the coach, and just so you know, you, you know, the chance of you making the NBA, given your situation, is almost impossible. So I, I'm going to send you to this special high school that doesn't have sports, because I know if I send you to this other high school, you're going to just try to make the team every waking moment. And I, I gave my mother a lot of credit for being honest with me. She only went to one basketball game my entire career to watch me play, and she went to the coach afterwards. She pulled me aside afterwards and told me that because I was spending four or five hours a day playing basketball. Yeah, practicing. Constant. Yeah. Went to sleep with the ball. So, you know, you get different directions. I, I, I'm not one of those guys that hurt my knee and I could have been or my, I tore my rotator cuff. I was never going to be anything more than a schoolyard player. Yeah. <laughs> At yeah. best. Yeah. And yeah. every day, every you know, every now and then I have a day yeah. where I'm like, wow, that was cool. But most of those yeah. days aren't that day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's well, okay. I mean, I, I like to compete. I blow off some steam. But um, I love sports. I always, I always enjoy the competition of it and the parallels of it. But back to your question, I, I don't – first, I don't get jaded. I get excited. Mm-hmm. I think when I stop getting excited, I'm, I'm going to hang it up. I'm going to go home. I, I get excited, and I try to find the greatness when I know when I'm with a player that's made the professional level, whether they're a superstar or not. It's not easy to, to get to that level. Yeah. So me, I'm like – I'm this curious kid. Even at 59, I want to know how they did it. Right. And then I'm trying to extract that out of you so I can grab some of that myself. Yeah. But I think, you know, to me, a lot of people that do what I do do get kind of caught up in it all. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that usually leads to short-term careerness, yeah. whatever that's called. Uh, but I, for me, like, you know, I feel like I'm blessed to have some of these connections and relationships. But, you know, my real friendships are really just like everyone else. I mean, I'm the same guy. I mean, yeah. I got the, my friend from growing up. I got my friend from college. I got the neighbor. Yeah. You know, I've got normal friends. And the players are what I do for a living. And I, I try to do the best I but can some of those players to keep become, a normal relationship. Some of those guys have become friends, too. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah but I don't get – I look at them and that aspect of it just they're as friends. what it is. Yeah, yeah, they're friends, right? I mean, because you, know. you have to – it's like this is a good lesson for people listening because – a lot of times, you know, I'm, I have some guy who called me today, and he's like, I can get you introduced to this. I can get you introduced. Dude, I do that every day. Yeah. I know those people. What are you talking Yeah, but you don't understand. They're CEOs. They're this. They're that. Dude, <laughs> I, you, I, I know get, my background. It's yeah. like, like you. It's like, hey, Joe, you know, I'll introduce you to Joe Montana. Like, Jeff, I know Joe. What's I that? get jacked up, like, when I see the waitress that's, that has served on us better yeah. than anybody's ever served me, or the garbage man that spills a bunch of stuff and then comes back, sweeps up. He's best yeah. guy has ever taken my trash yeah i get just as jacked up about anybody that's really exceptional at what they do and you could see that they're into it yeah. you know they're full out whether it be the guy at the front desk to our building who doesn't let anybody buy him and he's running that thing like he's, he's a great you know, guy yeah yeah i said hey, good guy right yeah yeah so you know, I, 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 get, I get jacked up when people are just all in on what they're doing and they want to be extraordinary at what they're doing because i know what that takes yeah and i just happen to do it with a bunch of players and people that do it in sports so yeah. i get jacked up about that and i learn from it and I actually, at the same time as the enjoyment of going to a game and meeting these guys, I got the money grab of it. You know, I'm trying to figure out how to make a living off of that, which I've seemed to manage pretty well, which I'm grateful for. But what? not overly, you know, not I don't get over the top about, uh, you know, getting these guys coming over my house and yeah. playing the celebrity card because it just gets you out of whack. Well, and but then, the other thing you got to, you got to, you, you know, it's like I've told people, you got to act like you've been there before. Don't, don't, don't just, yeah. you know, I got a lot of young people work with me sometimes. Every once in a while they get really jacked up about we're in the room with so-and-so and so-and-so, the CEO of this or whatever it might be, or in many cases, celebrities, you know, that they're on TV every single day because they're in our office all the time. And I'm like, act like you've been here. 
My mother always yeah. says, if not you, then who? Yeah. Right. I mean, if you start walking in situations and you get all these, then who's it supposed to be? Yeah, but again, I I look at yeah. it in the same way. I mean, we all say well, we put our pants on the same way, but I, it, it's but that's the way I look at it. Like, no, yeah. there's nobody that's better. I agree. Yeah. And you know, I, I've so far so good. Um, I, I try to keep a level head about all of it, and also what I enjoy is the sharing of it. If I find myself into something that's pretty cool, yeah, I want to share it. Yeah. So if I get to take you to a game and and you're really having a great time, and I'm sharing yeah. this little in that I have. That's probably the most enjoyment I get out of it. Oh, is, yeah. you know, take, it's not only taking my kid, but then his friends. And then I know we're experiencing something that they'll be talking about 20 yeah, years Yeah, and I got to take the bobblehead and give it to K-Rod, <laughs> who's Kara uh, Rodriguez. I call her K-Rod because she's, she's Puerto Rican, and she's Rodriguez, and she's a huge, a huge uh, A-Rod fan. So I call her K-Rod. And ever since I've met her, her name in our office is K-Rod. I love so that. There you go. I so love that's that. what we call her. Nobody calls her Kara Rodriguez. We all just call her K-Rod. Love and that. I gave her the bobblehead because it was that pitcher, whoever that great pitcher was. That, yeah. That was, I don't know. He was there that remember. night. It was that Dave something night or something. I don't know. See, this is bad for me i should i'm interviewing one of the le- greatest legends in sports memorabilia and i don't know anything about sports whatsoever but i have a good time is there you we talked about things that turn you on and get you jacked up are there things that just piss you off yeah i mean uh indifference yeah you know people that yeah. uh, just don't give a shit yeah. uh, really really drives me crazy just on jo- or, or, everything or jobs, waste whatever. of talent you know waste yeah. of talent people yeah. that you know that you know 501 that's sliding down the dinosaur yabba dabba doing home and then they want to know why you know they're they're not making a lot of money or whether life's not excelling, or or, or they're out every night and they wonder why their marriage is falling apart because yeah. they're not putting any energy into that. Like, I don't know. I, I don't think life's all that complicated. I think life's messy. I think a lot of curveballs. But you know, if you want to, you know, there, there's a lot of just staples things that you can do to keep your life together. When when I see people just not doing the basics, which yeah. I believe the brilliance is in the basics, it always is. It yeah. always is in the fundamentals. Yeah. And when I see people not doing that, it drives me crazy. Yeah. Just hey, say thank you. Hey, follow up with a yeah. call. Pay, hey, make sure the person. Hey, make your good. calls. Make your calls. Yeah, it's just you get simple. To, yeah, do the stuff. And that stuff it. drives me, cra- you know, drives me crazy. But mm-hmm. you know, generally, generally, I, I used to be the guy that would go to Rockefeller Center when they lit the Christmas tree, Jeff. You yeah. Know? And, you know, I think there's, I don't know, 50,000 bulbs. But I'd find the four that were out. Yeah. And that would be my, I said, those four bulbs are out. I mean, this place is all screwed up. Like, <laughs> so I try to really put my emphasis, and I didn't realize I was that way. But, you know, I've learned to really put my emphasis on the positives and yeah. really just find the good in people. Yeah. And that's, you know, find more things that are going to turn I try me to, on. I, you know I, what I mean? Yeah. Because you get I crazy. I my life that yeah. way. I, I look, I, look, no one died. I didn't always, no one died. I didn't it always live that way, though. I mean, you know, I would, yeah. you know, I, you'd always find something. You can always find something both ways. Yeah. And I think you're probably better off just trying to find the good. Well, what was, so I, I, we're, gonna, we're starting to run out of time, but I want to keep going because I don't want to stop. We're going to have to do this some more because you and I have too much fun. And there's <laughs> just too much good, damn good knowledge on this thing. So thank you. You got you to gotta have balls. That's what we're learning here but today but let me let me ask you a question about uh what's the what's the biggest thing you ever sold like that like that was like besides the, the stadium right? um, that the you stadium, bought that the stadium was big and also don like, watson's perfect uniform his perfect game uniform yeah. was sold for seven hundred thousand. Um, that's pretty cool we've sold some babe ruth stuff in the yeah. hundreds of thousands um you know there's been some nice sales what's the bread through. and butter um, the bread and butter, you know, we replicate it in our auction platform. We sell right now. We're in the middle of selling other people's stuff. People are yeah. getting older. They want to sell their stuff. We have young people uh, that want older stuff. Yeah. So we're selling and flipping collections. 
our auction platform in Steiner Sports is probably the so biggest thing we're like doing. So people are upgrading. They want to get different. A lot products. of people, because they realize they're going to be able to live this old, are trading in and trading out. Yeah. So like the, you, 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 all of a sudden you maybe had a bunch of stuff that you love. Mickey Mantle, Joe DiMaggio. Now your kid wants Aaron Judge or he wants Cal Ripken. Or you want so you, all the Yankees. Yeah. Or all the stuff. So you, the... you trade out maybe some of the stuff that you yeah. made a lot of money on. And then you go buy some stuff that you maybe can have more fun with your kids on. That's what we're seeing a lot of parents and grandparents cool. doing with their kids so that's kind of fun um you know it's like amazing like when i think about it, it's like you know i'm 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 i barely, almost got a zero on my sats so i could barely see, read we, and write we're, we're a lot alike man i mean i struggled in yeah. school I, but i knew school was important and when i see young entrepreneurs even coming to the studio we're sitting in now i kill them because they all don't want to go to school yeah. and I, I i can't emphasize to them how important school is but here i am like I had to take freshman English three times. That's mm -hmm. how bad I was. Mm -hmm. But I still got into Syracuse because I made a sale. I convinced someone to have faith in me. And school was really good for me. I don't think I'd be here without it. But, you know, I've written 1,500 blogs. So here I am. I just finished my third book, 1,500 blogs. And if there's anybody listening to this conversation, I want them to know that if you really want to put your mind to something and do something, if there's anything you want from me is, you know, you could do it. Yeah. I mean, it's just a question of whether you really want to do it and whether you're willing to pay the price to do it. But yeah. for me, like, you know, I have a half a million people on my blog. I'm like, and my brother was writing and reading at four. And yet, yeah, you know, yeah, nobody's yeah, reading yeah. anything he's writing. So, yeah, you know, do you ever just, slide that blog across the dinner table every once in a while? Um, it just, you know, drives him <laughs> crazy because, um, you know, but I, I'm just, that's kind of how I like to live my life. I mean, I just love when all the people keep telling me all the things I can't do and then I just keep doing it. And uh, I have fun too doing it. I and, mean, you know, it's a blessing when you do something for 30 years, yeah. Jeff, and people still. It's, nobody needs this stuff I'm doing here at Steiner. So yeah. the fact that they keep supporting and buying in and that I've been able to come up with new ideas is amazing really cool. what's next for you um more focus on serving you know uh, you do a lot uh, the, for students I, I know every time a student will call you just like go do it yeah i try to help kids out a lot i have a whole bunch of kids i'm mentoring a bunch of college coaches kids I love, you adopt, I love, basically yeah right? i've I adopted mean, a couple i've taken them into my house i get a little crazy my wife and i um i i've definitely into you know college sports so i mentor a few coaches in college mm -hmm. then get into that get into their teams um, I'm big. I'm big on the serving on the exchange. I'm trying to create a website that's going to help people be able to trade. There's nowhere to sell this stuff. A lot of people want to sell it, and people want un more unusual items. So that's the next thing for Steiners to build like an exchange, almost like an eBay. Yeah. Um, and I like. I like. I mean, the best part of my day is when I can write a check out to charity. I know that sounds kind of weird, and I do plenty of things which I broadcast, but it's. It's my responsibility to do it for Steiners to be a good guy and a good community company. And then a lot of things I just love doing. And, and the joy I get from rebuilding a library or doing a gym or building a basketball court. I don't know, man. That, that stuff, especially where I come from, like I, I wouldn't be here without all that help. So I feel like there's a part of me that wants to give as much of back because I know how that helps. I know there's some kids out there that, that will help. Not everyone. Yeah. Uh, every kid that my wife and I decide to help. Uh, like we have two homes, we've adopted a kid that was from Indian Reservation. Not everything works out, mm -hmm. but it's amazing when it does. And then you have to have faith. You never know when it's going to work out for that kid and when they'll see the light. So I think you can't spend enough time. I think we're probably prettier to help each other. I mean, that's the thing you got to remember. Yeah. You know, why we're on this, how this thing was all put together wasn't for us to go for money grabs and just be as rich as we can. It was to help each other, support each other. And that's a lot about my third book is what I've learned since making a lot of money, how unimportant and overrated that was. Well, I read the other two, so I'm yeah. looking forward to the third one. So yeah. it's been a pleasure. 
And I thank you for being right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazel. Thanks, Brandon. You're welcome. Great to be here. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by C-Suite Radio, a podcast network featuring today's top business experts and is part of the C-Suite Network, the world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives. Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com. Hey, at the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned. I learned uh, so much in this show. And I talked about you give, you give, you give, you get, you get, you get. Now, I tell you, one of the first times I met Brandon, he just said, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? And he's that kind of guy. And I learned just by listening, this isn't a fake guy. This is a real guy. And he's he's adopting kids. He's he's going out and speaking for places all the time where they want him. And he's got to travel hours, days to get there. And he does it because he wants to give back. And and even just just little things. He calls me and invites me to go to the Yankees games with him. And, and we didn't know each other that well. Now we've become really great friends. But, but even during that time, he gave me, he found out I loved the Knicks and he gave me a set of cufflinks made from the championship of the New York Knicks, made from the from the the floor of the basketball floor, or the, whatever you call that. I don't even know. See, I, I don't know all this stuff, but he's, I don't even know sports and he likes me. Uh, and then he, then he sent me, he found out I have a bridge in South Dakota. So he sent me some Yankee stadium seats to put on the bridge so I could have a little bit of New York out there on the prairie. That's awesome. So that's what I learned. The more you give, the more you get, because man, I'll do anything for this guy. And you'll do anything for people as well. The more you go and give, the more you'll get. You'll find it really works and take it to heart, my friends. So thanks for joining me right here on All Business. And by the way, keep listening, keep watching uh, for all the changes that are going to come around this show and more shows. Uh Uh-oh, did I just say that? I said that out loud. But check for it right here on All Business, right here, Jeffrey Hazlett on C-Suite Radio. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.